Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's it. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is August 7th, Tuesday, 2012. This is episode number 114. Yep, 114 of Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Joey Wygen, or Paladino Joey. Thank you again, Dylan Richardson, who was kind enough to uh, introduce me at the beginning of the introduction. Dylan Richardson, of course, is the executive producer of thesportstuff.com which is where this wonderful show is hosted on thesportstuff.com. It is also hosted on iTunes. Thank you again, Dylan Richardson, for making this show possible. Appreciate it. Oh, so very much. Well, yeah, it's been a little bit over two months already, so I apologize to the listeners out there that have been wondering what in the world's been going on. Yeah, I do apologize. Uh, I've met a few nice new people on there. We'll talk talk about you in a little bit here on the Twitter account. Very cool indeed. It's uh yeah, it's been it's been too long, but at the same time, outside of the whole Percy Harvin thing, uh, you know, uh, with my busy schedule, it's kind of hard to really get on here to talk about much at the time being a lot going on. So again, I apologize for the immense delay. I probably, I mean, I definitely could have came on here, talk a little mini camp, talk a little Percy Harvin and other stuff. I mean, there's always stuff to talk about with the Vikings, even if it is June or early July, or something like that, so, again, yep, apologize, but I'm back, we're back to talk the Vikings, it's the annual training camp special, training camp 2012, where we talk about the Vikings, the positions, and all that good stuff, very cool, um, yep, Justin in Rochester, we had a little conversation, so hello, shout out to you, that was on the Twitter account, by the way, twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, or at Purple Mafia Show, do give that a follow, would appreciate it very much. And, of course, there's the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. There is the call-in line also, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. Don't get bored out there, guys. Haven't heard a call. I uh, had no calls from you over the course of that two-month time. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling in for, which is, of course, Purple Mafia. would be great to have you on board with me once again. Yep. So yeah, as mentioned, of course, it's the training camp special. Some good stuff. We already talked about the stadium in episode number one thirteen. Lucky number one thirteen. I mean, you just can't uh, you just can't beat what took place that day. That was that was a that was good times. Minnesota Vikings finally have a stadium. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Now the hope is, well, <laughs> hopefully we have a quarterback of the future. Hopefully we have a the right coach in place. Hopefully Matt Khalil lives up to the hype, which a lot of people, a lot of people in training camp are saying absolutely, positively, 
as he was, uh, yeah, more than holding his own against Jared Allen. In fact, actually beating Jared Allen at at multiple points during training camp. Believe it or not, leading Jared Allen to cussing. Yeah, frustration. Can't believe it. What the hell? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> Very cool stuff. So, um, <clears throat> speaking of luck, lucky number one thirteen. Unfortunately, the luck not on the side of Greg Childs, tearing both patella tendon. Yeah, patella, excuse me, patella tendon in both knees on an end zone play. That was very, very unfortunate. So, yep, as we're jumping right in right away here, uh, that's kind of like the top story coming out of camp right now. Unfortunately, in term, well, in terms of like impact, we'll say he's not like he wasn't projected to be a major impact player right away. And in fact, his college career, his numbers declined greatly because of just too many, too many injury problems. The guy immensely talented, but injuries up the yin yang over the course of his. Uh, collegiate career, including a patella tendon tear. Yeah, I mean, gosh darn it, now he's got a tear in both knees. Unfortunately, a former Chicago Bear player had the same problem uh, in the uh, Leslie Frazier era when Frazier was there. In the past, the guy never played again. So, the fear does exist and persist for Greg Childs. He vows to return, but his return unlikely. The Vikings took a chance on the uh, oft-injured Damaged goods, uh, but talented and large wide receiver who could have potentially have been uh, a gamble that struck gold. Well, right now, not looking that way. Fourth round pick. Not the kind of pick you want to throw away, but at the same time, not a first round pick. So, <laughs> I mean, it's nice to gamble sometimes. The Vikings also, the Vikings have been known to gamble a little bit with those fourth round picks. They gambled with Everson Griffin. Last year, we'll talk about him a little bit later when we get into the, the <laughs> linebackers. Yeah, okay, he played some defensive end again also in training camp. But yeah, linebackers. Yeah, you can get what I'm. You get the gist there. Everson Griffin took a chance on him last year. The guy that was supposed to be higher at one point. Yeah, and obviously dropped because of character issues in USC. Greg Charles, of course, out of Arkansas, best buddy. Best teammate of uh, Jarius Wright. We'll talk about him later in the wide receiver uh, conversation. Yeah, we're really, uh, really just hope, hope for the best for the guy. And that's all we can do. He uh, was put on waivers on August 6th. That was, of course, yesterday. A.J. Love was signed to fill that wide receiver spot. A.J. Love, yeah, I know all about him. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, A.J. Love. Yeah, that's about it, right? <laughs> Some of you may know about him. But, yeah, like I've said in the past, I'm not exactly the king of college football, so I'm not going to come up here and, and act and pretend like I know who it is, because I don't. I mean, he's if he was a really damn good college player, I don't think he'd be floating around out there uh, to be a pickup in, in the first week of August. Yeah, I don't think he would have been floating around out there in, yeah, no, obviously not. So we'll just move on from that. Uh, Greg Childs did clear waivers. And he is, he are, we could say, successfully cleared waivers. He has now been put on IR, so he's back with the Minnesota Vikings in spirit. Yeah, in spirit. Oh, and by the way, real quick, you may notice a slight change in the audio a little bit here. Hopefully it's a more of a dramatic change than a slight change, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah, got a new microphone, kind of got a uh, new like replaced the microphone I had about two years ago 
That sounded a lot better than the one I'd been using the last two years. <laughs> yeah. I got I uh, got it replaced. I wanted to repair the other one. Kept being lazy to fix it. Kept, it just, but it just didn't ever, it never was fixed. And I just couldn't seem to get it right. Um, used a microphone that was still very, very good, but not as good as this one. So that was the case there. I thought the other one was kind of good enough, but I wanted to upgrade back to this one. So I hope you're noticing an improvement in the audio. It's just a little different. So, yeah. And it's just in time for Minnesota Vikings football. Season number five of Purple Mafia's career covering the Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah. Season number five. Thank you again. And for those of you out there that have been around for all of those, hey, <laughs> thank you also very much. And if you have out there, let me know on that Facebook page or on the Twitter account. Let me know if you've been listening to Purple Mafia show since 2008. Those of you out there, you are a very special group of people. Thank you also very much. A guy that's not been here since 2008. He came around in 2009. Percy Harvin. There was a, there was a little bit of foolishness going on with him about a month and a half ago, back in June. He would ask to be traded. There was a schism. As, you know, <laughs> there was a schism. That's the word I, we all learned about. Uh, for those of us that hadn't even heard of the darn word before, we learned about that, that uh, Brett Favre, as there's a schism between Brett Favre and uh, Coach Childress way back in early 09. Brett Favre said, I don't even know what that means. Um, and, yeah, a lot of us really didn't. Some people did, some people didn't. But, uh, yeah, there was a schism between Percy Harvin and Unknown. Uh, the information was never officially given out. I'm not going to pretend to be an insider with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I'd like to be. At some point, I probably should be. I don't know why I'm not yet. <laughs> Honestly, don't know why I haven't pushed that a little harder. But, uh, yeah. And even if I was, though, this is one of those things It's probably just it's not going to come out, no matter what kind of insider you are, because it's not come out whatsoever. Percy Harvin uh, had a schism with something inside the organization, was it the fact the Vikings took Jarius Wright and 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 Greg Childs? Was he a little offended by that? Was it the fact? Uh, was it the the, uh, the coaching schemes per se with uh, Bill Musgrave? Hard to say. Was it the fact that we have two tight ends and it's like, well, they're not going to give me the damn ball anymore, so whatever. I'm. Eh, it's hard to say. Uh, Jarius Wright, obviously similar in terms of he's a small slot receiver type, but apparently a guy who's a little bit tiny, bit more versatile in terms of he can be able to play a little more wide than just underneath and slot type of stuff. Um, with Percy Harvin, about as dangerous underneath receiver as there is in the National Football League. So, obviously Harvin considered a much stronger, better player than Jarius Wright at this point in time. What happened with him? Not sure. The good news is, according to him, and according to everybody else inside the organization, it's over. It's cleared up. There's no demand to be traded. He's here. He's happy and ready to rock and roll. And well, I guess we couldn't be happier. So I've never felt about Percy Harvin nearly the same way I felt about Randy Moss. I don't consider him the kind of game changer that just changes the whole landscape of the team the way Randy Moss did. But obviously, far and away the best uh, uh, weapon on this team outside of Adrian Peterson. Far and away. Obviously, about as versatile player as you're going to have. And, well, the part, the place where he is an impact, game-changing type of guy, obviously, is <laughs> on special teams. 
though at the same time, they're not going to overuse him on special teams because he's so valuable in the regular offense. But yeah, on special teams, I mean, every time he touches the ball on a kickoff, he's a threat to score a touchdown virtually every single time. He's, he's that good at it. But yeah, as a wide receiver, I don't see him as obviously a Randy Moss level, no, of a you know, super-duper star, but he's uh, more than... More than he's way, way, way more than adequate, though. That's for dang sure. Way beyond more than adequate. He's he's Pro Bowl good, just not legend good. I guess we'll say. Uh, so yeah, speaking of legends, Chuck Foreman. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a little soundbite for you. It's related to training camp because Brian. You, you could say because Brian McKinney is is uh, classic. He's at it again with the Baltimore Ravens, showing up to camp completely out of shape. Same S word, different day. You could say, same stuff, different day with Brian McKinney. Out of shape again, the guy will never learn. So Chuck Foreman had a little something to say about the aforementioned Brian McKinney. Let's talk a little bit about um, this club. Okay. And if any anybody or anything has caught you, your eye yet very early here in training camp. Well, i tell you what I do like. I like our number one. Our number one... Mr. Khalil? Yep. Okay. Unlike Brian McKinney, I mean, you can tell he's in shape. You know, now, Brian had all the talent in the world. Are you worried about him again a little bit? Nope. Because you know what? If he hadn't learned by now, he then he deserves what comes. Didn't show up for practice, you know, saying one thing or another. I mean, he's a mama's boy, man. He, he grew up his mother raising. I don't know. I think he lacks heart. It's too bad, but see, here's what's weird. He's got talent, but he, oh, his decision making is yeah. is stupid. But don't you think part of what feeds it mm-hmm. is, despite doing all the wrong things, right. he's a starting left tackle for the Ravens and did apparently pretty well again because <clears throat> he's so damn talented. And so I don't think That's he ever gets convinced is. that right. there's no fear of God put into him that he's got to change. Hey, listen, let me tell you. They say, my friends at the University of Miami. That he was the most talented offensive lineman that ever came there. Ever. Period. But was he the best? No. But when he got in the games, he was just he's just that natural talent. He made four hundred pounds. He was last year at the Ravens, you know, I'm from Baltimore sure. area, and he he had a heck of a year last year. And then he comes back this year, uh, and didn't he, he couldn't have done any workout, but what surprises me, and I bet you you know, Ray, Ray, you know, and uh, Ed Reed. Right. Both University of Miami guys. I know if he came to camp before you, I know they're in his face. Yeah, they're not shy about no, that. They, so I know they got to be asking what the heck's going on. And, yeah, we thank uh, KFAN for that soundbite, of course, for that. Uh, we can little cite KFAN for that, of course, on the Dan Barrero show. Uh, Chuck Foreman with some very uh, telling comments about uh, – Brian McKinney, not a not a damn thing that I disagree with. I mean, not a damn thing. I have been a Brian McKinney critic since 2001. Since 2001, ladies and gentlemen. Not since we drafted him, but since he started to hold out. Brian McKinney, from day one, was an asshole. <laughs> he, he really was. An asshole of an NFL player. And there, that's about as open a comment as I can ever say on this show, pretty much. Uh, yeah, he really was. It just, just... As a player, he was that. As a person, I guess that too. But, yeah. Entitled, 
fat and happy over the wrong stuff. Just whatever. Fat and lazy is more like it. So there you go. Got that out of the way. Thank God for Matt Khalil. Oh, thank God for Matt Khalil, who is, yeah, going to be one of the great left tackles, hopefully, for this team. Luckily, an immediate replacement for the, uh, the, the former, thank God, former Mount McKinney. Yeah, good riddance. So we're going to move on to the Facebook page now, very briefly. Not too much on there. Uh, one thing, yeah, man, I didn't respond to Tony, or excuse me, Chris Tucker a while ago, and I do apologize out there. I hope you're still listening to me, Chris Tucker. Hope you're not mad at me. <laughs> I I hope you're still out there. I'm sure he is, but you never know. Uh, by the way, again, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Get on there, click like. Not enough of you on there. Not enough of you on there. Sebastian Ball is about as loyal and awesome a listener and uh, uh, and poster on that Facebook page as you're gonna you're gonna see. Sebastian Balls puts a little uh, picture up there of Chester Taylor from Madden 07. Yeah, that's a. It does look pretty good, by the way. That's a yeah. Actually, the graphics pretty damn good for that era. Not that 07 is that long ago. It really isn't, as far as I'm concerned with video games. As far as I'm concerned, video games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been past my prime in video games since 2000, or since 95, yeah, 95, you could say. Okay, no, more like 99, there we go, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> I prefer games pre-90, 96, though, yeah, I, I like the old era, I did, but yeah, great stuff, Chester Taylor, great stuff, Sebastian Balls, as always, talking about how, well, he misses Chester Taylor, still. Chris Tucker, that's right, Chris Tucker says, Hey there, wanted to ask you a question. I've been mulling over since last season, since EJ. And I think I did respond to this. Maybe I accidentally erased it? I have no idea. No idea. But he says, Since EJ is clearly done, and we have already used Everson Griffin at at outside linebacker, OLB, of course, because he is a crazy athlete. But, uh, parentheses, we use him... As a gunner on special teams. He had a damn good one, by the way. Uh, why not try him at middle linebacker? Middle linebacker, huh? Would be a beast at both stuffing run and rushing the passer, clearly. Plus, if he is as athletic as they say, why could he not cover a tight end? Would would welcome any feedback. Oh, and I thought I wrote something there, Chris. I, I'm really sorry. I do apologize. I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed nobody else responded to that. And, well, the funny part is Chris Tucker, the great NFL mind he is, was dead on. The Vikings thought the same way because the guy is going to the guy is gonna be a linebacker. Outside linebacker, unfortunately, not middle linebacker yet. Maybe someday, but they've been trying him at off- outside linebacker. And, unfortunately, at the same time, they're putting him on only the third team, which is kind of a uh, third team, really. Huh. That's a little low, but maybe it's because he's just still learning the position from scratch, which is kind of sad, but he's damn good at it. And, of course, yeah, a gunner on special teams. Yeah, Everson Griffin is a very, 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 very good football player. And hopefully he can keep those character issues in check. Great, great, great post. Chris Tucker deserved a much, much bigger response than it got. I'm really sorry. Hopefully you're not disappointed, too disappointed in us there. Cedric Paulding says, hey, Joey, what's the problem with Percy? And, yeah, it. my thought was unhappy with his role on the offense. I do think that I'll see, yeah, because the two two tight ends of right and the addition, uh, two tight ends and the addition of right, 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thought I felt. Also, Jerome Simpson, how he gets a lot of, I didn't even mention that earlier, how he seemed to get a lot of credit. Uh, Christian Piner seems to love Jerome Simpson so much. Now all of a sudden, Percy's like, well, what the heck? What about me? I mean, I'm I'm a superstar. What about me? Come on, give me the ball. So that was my thought then, and it's still my thought now. Uh, Tony Coleman posts in early July or mid-July, you could say. He says, so I'm looking at the Viking schedule for the upcoming season, and I'm seeing no Sunday night football and no Monday night football. We've got a Thursday night game, but other than that, no night games. What's up with that? No biggie. I just noticed that. And for me, it's, yeah, it's the because the Vikings have had an awful record. Probably not much draw from the media at this point in time, and um, uh, the media and all that stuff, are the media members and NFL uh, network types are probably thinking, well, this team is probably not going to be that much better this year to uh, warrant the, the, the major national stage. At this point in time, well, we'll see where that goes. I hope for the case, uh, for the sake of uh, all of us Minnesota Viking fans that have been very loyal to this team for a very, very, very long time, I hope that they prove them wrong, that they, we, as we like to call ourselves, we, <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings, prove the uh, the doubters wrong. That's just pretty much uh, <laughs> where things stand there. Yeah, not many, uh, unfortunately, not too many posts. I believe Sebastian responded a little bit to some stuff. Here we go. I could back to that. I mean, it's kind of mild stuff, but might as well read it since <laughs> not too many. Uh, yeah, not much going on here. He said Sebastian was excited. He said, great, when I said I'm going to be doing a new show soon. Of course, that was almost two weeks ago. <laughs> I appreciate him very much. He's, yep, I appreciate everything he said. He says he's got, he's got his new Vikings hat. And new Nike Vikings jersey. So pumped, Joey. My only question is, oh man, I wish you said who the who was on the jersey. Yeah, that's my question. Who's on the jersey? Yeah, is it Christian Ponder? Is it Adrian? Is it Percy? Told Percy? Is it Jarius Wright? Is it uh, Greg Childs? Yeah, Greg Childs. Yeah, did you get your Greg Childs jersey? No, I hope not at this point. Greg Childs may never see the light of day. But man, he, he was a guy I was excited about. I, I was really really excited about. It was, um, <laughs> man, I mean, I thought, there you go, there's your little sleeper, steal the draft, maybe not steal the draft, but kind of a sleeper, yeah, he's sleeping all right, that totally sucks, God, that sucks, oh, man, I think Vikings, uh, he, he deserved a better fate, just like a lot of us Viking fans do as well, ah, uh, there was a guy on here that I'd like, there he is, there he is, Love it. Uh, yep. I don't even know how to pronounce that, though. Looks like Lear Gravel. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. He says, when's the next podcast? This is back in June. Enjoy <laughs> enjoy them all the way from Wales. So very cool of you, man. Very, very, very much appreciated that you uh, are willing to say that about my show. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your listenership. And it shows you... Purple Mafia's worldwide, folks, all the way from Wales, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, Wales. And he says, cool, who's the best to fall on here for the Vikes? Think Ponder can step it up. Hope the throat has cleared up, by the way. And I appreciate him saying that. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, the last show, the previous show, there was a long delay before that one because I my, my voice was just screwed up. And then I finally was recording and my voice was still screwed up. 
It was about two weeks. You know, the show was about two to three weeks after what I wanted to do because of, just because of that, the stadium delayed that as well for about a week there. All that stadium chaos. Oh man! So I appreciate that, uh, Lear Gravel. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of people to follow on there. It's kind of I can't really mention all of them. There's like a million people on there. Maybe check my followers list. I guess Lear Gravel. Check uh, guys that I follow. That's probably the best thing you can do. I, I would say. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of people to follow, uh, and it's, it's hard for me to like pick favorites because it's not nice to. Not nice to other people, you know. That's the one thing. Matt Emer, oh Matt Emer, there you go. He says only have one podcast I subscribe to, and that's Purple Mafia. Thank you very much, Matt. I love you. Very much appreciated there. Very much indeed. Um, I do believe. Well, no, there's some more on here. Yep, Justin in Rochester. He says that he he has downloaded and listened to my shows from the '09 season since I missed them back then. Great show! So thank you very much, Justin. He says that uh, he says when am I going to do the next show and all that. And I was telling him about when he says he was out of touch since mid '09, mid '09. But we'll be back. Can't wait for the show in the season. Thank you again, Justin, for that. He says he loved. He loves my show. I felt the need to purge myself of the missed time. So I listened to the 09 playoff episodes. Still shaking my head as we blew the NFC Championship game. And I, yeah, I was asking about, I was telling him about how that show was a raw emotion. And it was. Do check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number 58 of Purple Mafia. Go on the sportsstuff.com. Go on the Purple Mafia archives. And uh, go keep hitting older, keep hitting older, 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 older until you get to episode number 58. That's right. That is probably my best work to date because there was, it was pure, pure emotion. I didn't get any sleep after that game because I was just, it kept replaying in my head. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I am a very passionate, very passionate fan. I, I felt, I just, I was so in a lot of pain. Still remember it to this day. But uh, yeah, he's Justin Rochester said he felt it. Hindsight and hindsight is good. I did not listen when it came out as I would have broken something. And yeah, yeah. Um, it's a miracle that I didn't break something. Honestly, it really is. It really is. So yes, again, those of you out there, follow me at Purple Mafia Show if you could. That would be uh, very much appreciated. Yep. At Purple Mafia Show on Twitter. That would be very cool. So that pretty much concludes the interaction with the uh, the fan base at this point in time. So it's time to move on to the official training camp conversation. And we'll get to that right after this. Let's go! Skull Vikings, 
Vikings, let's win this game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Go get their first down, then get a touchdown. Rock them, sock them, fight, 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 fight. Go Vikings, run up the score. You'll hear us yell for more. V-I-K-I-N-G-S. Skull Vikings, let's go. And that song, courtesy once again of Jerry Hicks, who was played for the first time on episode number 113, an awesome remix created by Jerry Hicks. Thanks again, buddy. Very, very, very awesome job there. Absolutely. Well, here it is. This is it, finally. Yeah, about uh, about 25 minutes in or so, or 28 minutes, I guess, officially. It's time to really get into the actual training camp part of the show. Fan interaction, good stuff, but here it is. Time to talk about... Mm, position by position dealy that we like to do and here's the toughest battle of them all that's right we're going to start out with the toughest battle of them all in all of training camp <clears throat> okay we're going to we're going to start off rock and roll here right well, maybe not not really quinton salisbury has uh out of mississippi state yeah he's got john sullivan he's got john sullivan boy he he's got his knees knocking he really does at that center position. No, probably not. Uh, Quentin Salisbury, pretty much just uh, fodder in training camp at this point in time. Very, uh, very unlikely to make the team at this point. And really, if there's going to be a backup center, it's going to be probably it could be anybody uh, Fusco or Berger Berger to be uh, a replacement at that point at that position. Brandon Fusco. We'll get to him very shortly. Like we're going to probably stick with the O-line for now, I guess. We'll do that. you got Chris Jaguer and Chris Schwartz. Excuse me, Jeff Schwartz. Excuse me, Chris Jaguer and Jeff Schwartz. Chris Jaguer, a bubble guy. A guy I like a lot. He's humongous out of Wake Forest. He was uh, he was cut from the team last year and then uh, was able to successfully clear waivers and get into the practice squad. So the Vikings have hung on to him for a while. Sixth-round pick a few years ago, about two years ago. A very large guy who I think uh, actually can play in this league. I think he can, but unfortunately he has not really broken through yet. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, these are the guards. These are guards, of course. Jaguar just absolutely huge. But Schwartz even larger at six foot six, three thirty one, even larger. Jeff Schwartz. Uh, unfortunately, though, he's had, uh, I mean, he's he's had surgery. He's out four to six weeks. So that's unfortunate there. Jeff Schwartz at one point looked on as a depth guy to come in to uh, potentially be a Phil Lodeholt, uh, to be a Phil Lodeholt uh, insurance, excuse me. But <laughs> it's just one of those things where there's not really much you can... Uh, there's just not really much you can do with that. It's... I mean, injuries happen. That's part of training camp. That's one of the curses. It's a sports hernia surgery a, that uh, Jeff Schwartz had to go through, unfortunately. So he is recovering from sports surgery. Relatively short, four to six weeks. Good thing it's not in the regular season. So there's a small shot that he'll be back in time for the regular season. Maybe maybe week two. But I mean, yeah, he'll be back in time for the start of the regular season. Excuse me. But maybe week two if it comes to it. Um, September 9th is quite a long ways away. Well, yeah, it's four weeks away or so. That'll be a lot of fun when the Vikings rock and roll against those uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh, oh no, that's a scary opponent. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's 
sports hernia. So, yeah, we've heard of that before. It's just one of those things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he could play a right tackle, but so that's why he's not going to play you the right guard, and it's more likely going to be a guy by the name of Brandon Fusco playing that position. Brandon Fusco, most likely to, to take that position, number 63, out of Slippery Rock. A guy a lot of people like, and, um, well, Jeff Schwartz's injury, for him, unfortunately, most likely guarantees Fusco that right guard position to start. So, yeah, you got center and right guard covered. Of course, Phil Oldholt will be the right tackle, not the left tackle, of course. We know that. Right tackle, Phil Oldholt, it's his job to lose for the time being, and he better not lose it. It is a uh, <laughs> it's a contract year for Phil Oldholt. He had a fantastic rookie year in 09, an a, a year in 2010, and an a year in 2011. So, yeah. It's senior year now, buddy. It's senior year for Phil Oldholt, and it's time to go out and play like a senior. That's right. Go out there and step it up, Phil Oldholt. Obviously, he's going to be on the roster. There's no doubt about that. Grant Cook and uh, (laughs) Bridger Bush. Bridger Bush, very unlikely to make the team. Pretty much training camp fodder at that point. Of course, Colin Luffler. You you consider him an offensive line guy, but more or less, obviously, he's the long, long, long snapper for the club. We'll see how things go there. Uh, Austin Pezure, Kevin Murphy, Levy Horn, all those guys. Tyler Holmes, eh, all those guys, it's hard to say. Levy Horn, the only guy with a teeny tiny bit of experience out of that group at age 25. Actually looks pretty, man, he looks like a baby face. Played with the Chicago Bears um, last season. Man, he looks young. <laughs> Twenty, he's twenty-five, but he looks like he's about fifteen. <laughs> Funny. So, um, well, the fact that he's been in the league a teeny tiny bit, maybe he's got a small shot to make it. But overall, it's going to be more like uh, more guys of like the Demarcus Loves. Demarcus Love has a ch- chance to be something. A lot of people like him a lot. Uh, Patrick Brown is another kind of a training camp guy, but uh, he has a he, he's, he has a chance to be a depth guy. He's been in the league for a few years. Uh, actually with the Vikings for a couple years. The Vikings in 2010, Miami in 2010, and actually was on the Vikings all of 2011 last year, believe it or not. Of course, did not start, but he got some playing time. Small factor out there, but uh, yeah, he will he has a pretty good shot to make the team, we'll say, but obviously bottom of the uh, bottom of the barrel type of thing for him. That's pretty much your offensive line. You pretty much are pretty set at a lot of positions at this point in time. Uh, not too many battles right now. No, I mean center, John Sullivan. Uh, yeah, and left tackle. Who gee, Who do you think is going to be the left tackle? It's going to be Demarcus Love. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Demarcus Love, might, he actually might be the guy that could possibly unseat Phil Oldhold. Uh, Matt Khalil obviously is safe. Uh, very safe at left tackle, being how damn good he is. <laughs> And it's not because he's entitled, it's because he's that good. Yeah, he is fantastic. Of course, the up and right tackle right now, Phil Odold, right guard, Fusco, and left guard. Of course, I didn't even mention him because I'm an idiot, Charlie Johnson. Yep, Charlie Johnson is now the left guard. A uh, massive upgrade for, yeah, that's a massive upgrade compared to what we had last season at that position. And, of course, the guy, uh, Charlie Johnson, having to play left tackle last year, overmatched at the position. It's just not his position. He's a left, he's a left guard, not a left tackle. So welcome back to your proper position in uh, Vikings offensive line. Looking considerably stronger 
coming into this season versus the past two and a half years here. So that's very, very good news for the Vikings. The offensive line is where it all starts. It really is. And, of course, yeah, with Matt Khalil and John Sullivan anchoring those positions, uh, center and left tackle, very, very exciting for the future of the franchise. Of course, John Sullivan inked to a new deal during the offseason, or actually before the offseason officially, before the actual free agency kicked in. So that was uh, obviously very, very good news for Viking fans across the Great Divide. So we might as well go from offensive line to defensive line. Why not, right? Why not? Well, yeah, I guess Jared Allen's going to start at the uh, <laughs> at the right end. The million-dollar question is who's going to be the left end? Well, I guess, hmm, I guess right now the favorite is probably Brian Robinson. He started last year. He's uh, a very effective guy. You got DeAndre Reed as well, who's who can play a little bit. He he certainly can. Uh, Robinson had eight sacks last year. That's right, eight sacks. Not bad at all in that sense. Of course, you have Everson Griffin, who still could play the position. I wouldn't be surprised if he did at some times, but obviously overall trying to be a excuse me a linebacker. At this point in time, a lot of, uh, he's listed as both on the off officially. <laughs> the Vikings, Trevor Guyton was a seventh-round uh, pick. A lot of people actually like him. A guy, you know, a lot of people like him. Him and Audie Cole seem to be kind of little sleeper picks the Vikings took at a seventh round. Audie Cole, of course, a linebacker. We'll briefly talk about him later. Uh, DeAndre Reed is a guy people do obviously like. He will most likely make the team. Not much of a factor last season, though, unfortunately, for the Vikings. But known as a guy who can play a little bit. Get the defensive end, defensive tackle. Uh, a lot of people do believe Latroy Guyon, and that's a guy I've liked for a long time. Latroy Guyon will be uh, starting a defensive tackle alongside Kevin Williams. Of course, we finally got all that stupid. Uh, we finally got all that stupid uh, water pill uh, crap out of the way. Pat Williams completely avoided that because by the time the suspension was dropped on the Vi- on the, on the Williams wall. Well, Pat Williams is retired at that point, so it didn't even matter to him anymore. So that was old news. <laughs> you got to like how that turned out. Christian Ballard, a guy, up draft pick last season. Guy, he, he, he can play a little bit in this league. He, a lot of people do believe he will eventually. Uh, he could he could end up actually replacing Kevin Williams at some point. We'll see how things go. Of course, things, you know, anything can happen. Other guys can emerge. Maybe somebody will come in the draft in the next year or two before Kevin Williams does indeed uh, walk away from this league, emerge and take over the position. And then, uh, well, at, at minimum, Christian Ballard is a depth guy and a defensive tackle. Of course, Fred Evans has long been a very, very nice player. He's actually going into, his, I believe, his seventh season with the Vikings already. Fred Evans has been, yeah, he's been effective for a long time. Not a stat guy, but a nice run stopper. Always a factor. A guy who I think uh, at times is a, you know, I, a guy who I think could start. <coughs> excuse me, in multiple teams in this league. Jeff Charleston, a guy who's been in the league elsewhere. He's okay. Numbers don't really. Uh, he's been on the New Orleans Saints in the past. Numbers aren't amazing, but they're not bad. I gotta think at minimum he's a depth guy and he's gotta be better than Remy Doyle, the SOB we had last year from the Saints. Can't really imagine him being much of a factor. 
for the Vikings. And uh, <laughs> couldn't imagine him being uh, much of a factor for the Vikings if he was kept around, but of course was not. And uh, good riddance to him. We'll see how things go there. Other guys at the position, Nick Reed, don't know too much about him. He's another one of those guys. He's kind of he's kind of a depth guy. Again, played with the played with the Bears, played with Tampa, played with Seattle. He, he I mean he's been in the league, so he's he's got a shot to he's got a shot to stick at that. But but probably going to be playing special teams and a deep reserve role in in inactive type of thing, active inactive here and there, kind of like you know pe- people get hurt, people get banged up. That's what his role would be potentially if he was able to crack the roster. But other than that, most of the other guys are unlikely to make the team. Maybe they'll shoot up and, and surprise somebody, but I'm not hearing much about that at this point in time. So that pretty much it. Uh, defensive line for the Vikings obviously still as strong as ever. I mean, we didn't lose anybody. You still have Jared Allen. You still have Brian Robinson you st- and uh, Everson Griffin, a guy I actually thought might unseat Brian Robinson instead has moved to linebacker, so that's interesting how that turns out. It's actually very interesting. So uh, obviously, uh, all accounts are very high on Iowa's own Christian Ballard, number 99. Christian Ballard, a guy who could be something. Of course, he's not even a defensive end. That's the funny part. So yeah, it, it does make you wonder. It really does. Everson Griffin, I'm, yeah, it really does make you wonder because Ballard is a tackle. He's more likely to actually replace, yeah, like I was just talking about, Kevin Williams. So, yeah, it it does kind of make you wonder. Jeff Charleston, maybe, but he's already 29 years old. He's only a year younger than Jerry Allen, for Pete's sake. Uh, I, Anthony Jacobs, not sure if he's really going to be blowing anyone's socks off. He was a Minnesota gopher. He's a Northfield, Minnesota native. He's a rookie. We'll see. We'll see. Go get him, Anthony, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> not many Minnesota gophers are... Uh, blowing anybody away at this point in time unfortunately. So let's stick on the defensive side of the ball. Let's go to linebacker. Yeah, Everson Griffin is playing linebacker. Yes, he is. Everson Griffin is a linebacker at this point in time. Uh, Of course, playing with the second and third teams. Obviously not with the starters for whatever reason. (laughs) You gotta like that, right? Uh, Marvin Mitchell more more than likely to stick with the team. Obviously, he was a, a veteran that was brought in He's more than likely to be a, a factor on this team. Marvin Mitchell, possible backup middle linebacker, or backup multiple positions in the linebacker position. Chad Greenway, inside linebacker. You got uh, uh, Aaron Henderson, outside linebacker. And, well, here's the big question mark. Jasper Brinkley, middle linebacker. Jasper Brinkley, middle linebacker. Now, guys, a lot of people had a lot of uh, high hopes on. Missed the whole season last year, unfortunately. I believe with the ACL, that was uh, that was a shame. So he goes from missing the entire season to being to being named the starter because they basically say, "Hey, EJ, it's been good," and uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's your contract year. Well, you kind of stunk last year, so we're not signing you. And yeah, EJ Henderson was extremely disappointing last year. He was. He was basically invisible. His younger brother, Aaron Henderson, has obviously worked his you-know-what off beyond belief. And Aaron Henderson is a full-time starter. He's even a nickel linebacker as well. It'll be him and and Chad Greenway in in a nickel situation out there. So Aaron Henderson going to get a ton of playing time this year. 
Uh, he was very good, uh, according to a lot of ratings out there. Um, that uh, excuse me for the um there, but yeah, he was very valuable according to a lot of ratings out there. A guy who was always on the ball. He he really is like literally on the ball uh, in many situations. He's uh, very good at keeping up with plays, basically. <laughs> so uh, Chad Greenway, I thought was behind in a lot of plays. Honestly, an uber talented guy, but a guy you know, like I like to coin a uh, the term quality tackles, he didn't have a lot of quality tackles last year where you either stand a guy up or even actually take him down you know, send him backwards behind the line of scrimmage where it seems like more or less you're you're the one turning around scurrying and pulling him down from behind rather than standing him up or pushing him backwards, so that's obviously what a quality tackle would have been Greenway seeming to be behind a lot of guys, uh, just so to me, Greenway, not a franchise linebacker, though. On this team, he's the best overall guy, I, I suppose, <laughs> at this point in time. Aaron Henderson, the number two guy. <laughs> yep, and, uh, well, the number three guy, I guess, is Jasper Brinkley. We'll see what happens, though. That middle linebacker, he's going to have to be better than the number three guy, I suppose. He may have to, he's going to have to surprise a lot of people. And not only is he going to have to play great, but he's going to have to stay healthy. Can he stay healthy? Well, we'll find out. We're going to find out with number 54, Jasper Brinkley, if he can indeed stay healthy. He was a uh, fourth-round pick a few years back, back in 09, I believe, if I remember correctly. Adi Cole, a guy a lot of people like, North Carolina State, seventh-round pick. Who knows? (laughs) Larry Dean's been with the team a few years. He's okay. Probably, probably will be back this year unless somebody else unseats him. Not sure who that's going to be. I got to think he's going to be a depth guy, a special teams guy. Larry Dean has proven himself in the past. Tyrone McKenzie is a guy who could make the team as well at outside linebacker depth. We'll see how that we'll see how that turns out. I mean, best best of luck there. Hopefully for him, it does work out. So linebackers, well, let's move back into the defensive back positions. Yes, the secondary. Yeah, baby. Well, as of right now, Mr. Raymond is surprising a lot of people, or maybe not surprising a lot of people, but showing showing a lot of improvement at safety. Mr. Raymond, maybe he'll be the maybe he'll be the starting uh, free safety at this point in time. Virtually everybody on the planet says the starting strong safety is going to be the uh, 29th overall pick out of Notre Dame, that being Mr. Smith. That's right. Harrison Smith will be the starting strong safety, according to everybody, and of course, according to me. (laughs) I'm included in that. Yeah, Harrison Smith. I mean, if, if he's not the starting safety for this team, he's a bust. End of story. End of story. Jamarcus Samford, still a member of the team. Believe it or not, yeah, yeah, he is. Eric Frampton, he's he's a special teams ace, but also might see some playing time at safety, as he has at times here and there. The guy can play, but yeah, obviously special teams ace, and a uh, nice number two safety, Robert Blanton, taken in the fifth round out of Notre Dame. That's right, fighting Irish again. We'll see what happens. I mean, this, uh, you know, the safety position, just recently looked like total garbage just last year. Looks kind of strong now. I, I can't believe I'm actually saying that. It actually looks kind of strong at safety. 
Robert Blanton, obviously not perfect, but uh, Harrison Smith has been on the ball in virtually everything. Always right there when the play needs to be. A lot of people very, very encouraged with what they're seeing out of him, looking like a first-round pick. And that's what a, that's what a lot of you want to hear out there, don't you? A lot of you Viking fans out there wondering how Harrison Smith is doing. He's looking strong so far. Obviously, we have not seen our first preseason game. That's coming up in a couple days, Friday. That'll be fun. Yes, it will. Mr. Raymond, though, nice to see. Uh, last year, as a rookie, it seemed like he was behind in a lot of plays, a lot. Uh, he improved a little bit as the year went on, like the, the end of the year, but it was complete garbage time. And, yeah, garbage time when you're, like, a terrible team and you're playing against other terrible terrible teams or, or like, deep, or you're, like, backup players, whatever, in meaningless games, you know, that you're going to lose and the other team is either completely out of the playoffs or they're completely in the playoffs already and they're not afraid of you. Whatever, man. You know, I mean, it's not like you're a superstar just because you seem to do well in that type of situation. You need to do well in a big situation once in a while. That actually counts for something. But, hey, I mean, you got to like what's going on with the safety. The Vikings really majorly addressing the secondary in the offseason. Uh, of course, uh, Bowman, Zachary, Zach Bowman, former Chicago Bear, a guy that not only is cornerback depth for the Minnesota Vikings, but he's also safety depth. There's a possibility he could play safety as well. So you got to like where, what's going on with that at very least. you got Brandon Burton, cornerback out of Utah. He was a guy who was on the team last year as a rookie. Uh, you know. <laughs> Will he make the team? Will he not? I think he's probably going to make it. A lot of people actually like Bobby Felder. He's one of those uh, guys. He's kind of like last year's Mr. Raymond, where a lot of people see him as, oh, wow, there's some steam there. He's got a shot at maybe being something. We'll see what happens. First preseason game is still yet to come up. Oh, Josh Robinson. Yep, Josh Robinson. Hamstring. He has not played one iota in training camp, and he will miss the uh, the very he will miss uh, preseason game number one. That sucks because a lot of people thought Josh Robinson, obviously a big part of the future here in the secondary, he's not going to be out there. Damn it, <laughs> Andrew Minfield, a big part of the past for the secondary, huge. In fact, one of the greatest cornerbacks I've that's ever donned purple, and I mean, absolutely one of the greatest if not the best. He is just an unbelievable over the years. He's now 35 years old from the Ohio State. That's right, the Ohio State. Not that I'm a fan of them, it's just that's the way they say it. Oft injured, unfortunately. Seems like whenever he gets hurt, he's out. He's he's just out. Whenever he's hurt, he's screwed. And if he does come back during the seasons that he is hurt, he sucks. <laughs> and that's what happened in, 20, uh, two, in 2009. Just imagine if Anton Winfield was healthy in 2009. Oh my god, just imagine if Anton Winfield was healthy in 2009. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, move on, Joey. Anton Winfield still very much a part of the team, and as far as I'm concerned, still considered a starter, as far as they're concerned as well. Marcus Sherrill's a valuable special teams guy, extremely valuable special teams guy out of Minnesota. And a, a depth guy at cornerback will play on Sundays once again. Welcome back, Marcus Sherrills. I was a fan of his about two years ago, even. Been kind of rooting for him all along. Or uh, back in 2010, yes. Uh, wanted him to be on this team. 
didn't quite make it, but they were able to keep him on the practice squad. Last year did officially make the team, did play on Sundays, and was okay. He was adequate. And uh, it sounds like he's gotten a little bit better, a little bit better, and he's been very good on special teams. And that's why he plays on Sundays. Chris Carr, another depth guy added in the offseason, a guy who's played for quite a while in the, in the, uh, in the NFL. He's been on the Baltimore Ravens and I believe the Miami Dolphins as well. Chris Carr been a factor over the course of time. If he gets cut, I'd be very surprised. Obviously, the guy can play in this league. Obviously, he's not going to get cut. It was not Miami, Oakland, and Tennessee. Tennessee, I remember that now. Pardon me for that. Lots of players in front of me, and you get a little confused at times. Probably thinking of Lex Hilliard there, who played on the Dolphins. We'll get to that later with the running backs. But uh, Chris Carr, a factor, and of course Chris Cook, most likely going to start. It's looking to be Antoine Winfield and Chris Cook starting at cornerback, Harrison Smith, and, oh boy, opening day starter is going to be, in my prediction, Mistral Raymond. Mistral Raymond will be the opening day of free safety for the Minnesota Vikings. And Robert Blanton, well, we'll see. He's going to obviously play on Sundays. We all better, well, he, he better. I'd be a disappointing fifth-round pick if he flat didn't even make the team. Though, of course, the Vikings have done it in the past. They took Nate Triplett out of the U of M, the University of Minnesota, in the fifth round, and caught him. That's right. He didn't even get through training camp. The very first training camp of his career, they caught him. So, But I don't think it's going to happen with <laughs> Robert Blanton. A lot of people do like him a lot. He was taken for a reason. And uh, we'll see how things develop from there. The rest of the guys, the, uh, the Chris Strouds, Corey Gatewood, very hard to say what's going to happen with them. I mean, you never know. People do jump up, but very rarely. Burden probably going to be the last uh, guy to make the team, though maybe not. He just might not. Uh, Felder, we'll see. He's he's kind of the exciting little sleeper out of Nick, Nicholas State. Yeah, where? Well, well, you never know. <laughs> it happens. Stranger things have happened, and they continue to happen. So that's the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the only other defensive player, officially, you can say is the punter, because that's considered defense. Chris Cluey, yeah. No competition at the punter position and no competition necessary. Chris Cluey is an outstanding punter. When uh, when he doesn't kick the ball to Reggie Bush in uh, the Superdome, he's, he's, he's a great punter. And that's about all there is to it. Thank you again, Chris Cluey. Put down the put down the uh, guitar hero, though, would you? Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit goofy for me, but that's cool. That's uh, okay. I'd rather you be goofy, though, than be overly serious and boring, like a lot of people out there are very much overly serious and boring. Nobody likes that crap. So, uh, yep, there's your defensive side of the ball. <clears throat> Overall, the personnel on the defense probably a little teeny bit better than the offense, obviously. A lot of people would tell you that, but eh, maybe. <laughs> the linebackers, I think, are a little bit, a little soft. I think a little soft, a little thin. The uh, defensive line still as good as ever, I think. Hopefully Jared Allen's not going to be feeling the age anytime soon, though to repeat a 22-sack season is almost impossible in this league. And uh, Jared Allen and uh, Josh Willingham of the Minnesota Twins wasted, it, it's just a bummer to see such a waste of such a fantastic season to be on, to be on a, you know, to, to play that well on a team that played that poorly. It just sucks, you know. 
You're one of the worst teams in the league. You missed the playoffs by a mile. Josh Willingham of the Twins, obviously with 29 home runs already, probably going to very good chance he's going to hit 40 home runs for the Twins, which is insane. A Twin with 40 home runs is like, yeah, it's like a Viking Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> you know, Super Bowl ring. It just doesn't happen. Not yet. Um, yeah, you just you just hate to see such a great season go to waste. Um, that the Vikings had to have a crappy year during the time that the player had an awesome year. It just sucks to see that, that it wasn't like 2009 when he was playing that well. Yeah. But we'll get off of that. We're going to move to the offensive side of the ball. And since we ended with a kicker, we'll start with a kicker. Blair Walsh, the K-ball is yours, buddy. Go. Go out and kick. Yeah, Blair Walsh. Yep. The guy who did not have the most accurate leg last year in college is going to have to have a very accurate leg this year for the Minnesota Vikings because there's going to be a lot of close games this year, obviously. Uh, we're an improved team. We're probably going to be in a lot more games this year. Uh, the record or the schedule not that scary. There's a couple tough games. There's obviously two games that are going to be tough no matter what, and that's the Packers. But there's obviously several other tough games, including San Francisco down the road, game three, I believe. Oh boy, it's uh, yeah, Blair Walsh, 22 years old out of Georgia. Here's the ball. Go out there and well. Your, your number is right. Number three, that's what you're all about, getting three points. And, of course, some, some one points as well. If you miss those, you're fired, just like uh, just like Doug Bryan was immediately after he missed two PATs. That was BS. <laughs> fired immediately after that game against the New York Jets. I still remember that very all too very well. <laughs> oh, Doug Bryan. Yuck. So, yeah, Blair Walsh, don't be Doug Bryan. Be, be a... Be another good kicker, I guess. We've had Fred Cox, we've had Fodder Fez, we've had Gary Anderson, and we had and we had Ryan Longwell. It was absolutely fantastic. We even had Morton Anderson for a year, who at that point in his career he was ancient, but in his past he was fantastic. He was like forty three by the time we had Morton Anderson. <laughs> um, Blair Walsh, go get him, buddy. I I hope it works out. The last time we drafted a kicker. His name was Eddie Johnson, and by year two, that was it. There was no year two. So, he was a punter. Yeah, he was cut by year two. That was it. So, that was a complete bust in that case. Blair Walsh, we hope and pray, is not the case. He's got a very strong leg. His kickoffs are fantastic, and that's part of the reason why we got rid of uh, Ryan Longwell. Yeah, we know we're going to be in a lot of close games. we got to have good field position. But hopefully it's not just about field position, but it's about making the dang kicks, too. You're going to have to, especially on the road, in a, a windy condition outside. Hey, man, you better make them. Get better. Because eventually we're going to want to be back in the postseason. Uh, I'll make a brief little prediction about the team as soon as I finish the positional conversation. <laughs> conversation here that I'm into. Good times. Good times indeed with that. Forgive me if there was any choppy audio there. I hope there wasn't. Just checking something there. But uh, uh, we're moving on to the offensive side of the ball, as already mentioned. The kicker. Yeah, the kicker. Well, let's move to let's move to quarterback, I guess, right? You're going to have to do it at some point. <laughs> yeah, the starting quarterback is Christian Ponder. There is no battle, as I thought there was going to be, and apparently there's not. It's Christian Ponder. He's the starting quarterback. 
Mikael Webb is probably going to be the number two, but uh, Sage Rosenfels will get a crack at number three, but more than likely will be a member of the team regardless. And I'm I'm thrilled that Sage Rosenfels is here. I am. Uh, he's probably he's the oldest member of the team, by the way. Yes, he is. 12 years in the league, 34. Actually, the oldest member of the team is Anton Renfield at 35, 14 years in the league, but eh, he's the oldest member of the offense, Sage Rosenfels. And talk about guys that don't get a chance. Sage Rosenfels never really did get a chance in the NFL, but maybe he didn't deserve one, I, I, I guess. Poor guy. <laughs> I kind of think he should have been the starting quarterback in 2009 had uh, Favre not rode the white horse into Winter Park. I gotta think he would have been, but regardless, Sage Rosenfels is back with the Vikings, and I'm glad to have him here. He's a he's a nice piece. He's 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 willing. He's yeah. I like everything about Sage Rosenfels being on this team. Nice nice deal there. You know, it's kind of like having Gus Terrat for Dante Culpepper at about the same age, about of 34. Not Gus Terrat for Travis Jackson, though he actually kind of came in and almost took us to the playoffs in 2007. Yeah, and you're going to hear a little 2007 out of my mouth very shortly. That's a little tiny hint of what's going on. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I highly doubt he's going to make the team. Highly doubt it. Obviously, he's the fourth-string guy. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what will happen? Maybe we trade Joe Webb. Paul Allen of KFAN suggested that to try to get like a fourth-round pick for him or something to add uh, more depth in the future. I don't know. I, I like Joe Webb, but... I mean, he's obviously an underutilized weapon. He's a he's a he's a strange quarterback, but but he's a winner. You know the way you know he's the, just his style, the, the way he throws, the way he plays in general. Very strange, but the guy wins football games, and uh, he's been fantastic against teams like the Washington Redskins in the past, hasn't he? Yeah, back to back years he beat out those crummy crummy guys, and nobody's gonna forget the victory in Philadelphia, which kind of spoiled their season in Philadelphia. A game the Philadelphia Eagles had to win, by the way, in order to get home field advantage in the postseason, which they did not get, thanks to the likes of Joe Webb and others. But yeah, I mean, uh, at minimum, Joe Webb. I mean, I, I think keeping him would be is a great idea. I think you absolutely have to keep him. All that wildcat stuff, whatever. It doesn't work. It's kind of stupid. It's fun, maybe once in a blue moon. Maybe if there's a trick play that's so tricky that no one would ever even think that we'd ever even do it, and you pull it off. But uh, but when Joe Webb's in the game, you're always going to suspect some type of trick play, aren't you? If he's in the game just randomly, not because he's like playing full-time because Ponder's hurt or something or had a terrible game, uh, you always kind of suspect, like, whoa, so Joe Webb's in there all of a sudden. Gee, you think they're going to run a trick play? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Some crazy wildcat crap, so then the defense is ready for it. And it's uh, two yards of cloud of dust, and Chris Cluey's job security will be strong as ever when we do plays like that. <laughs> oh, Chris Cluey, your job security is pretty strong, isn't it, sometimes? It was very strong in 07. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a better quarterback posi- uh, situation than that year. i got to tell you that. Oof, 07, yuck. Oh, 08 was when Gus Farratt was back here and actually played pretty good, helped the Vikings get to the playoffs. Yeah, but I'm talking way too much ramble there. Quarterback position, Christian Ponder. There's the football. You Hopefully you're better than last year. You better not be the next Rex Grossman. That's all I got to say. Running back. Oh, running back. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson will not start, will not be the starting running back in week one. 
but he will, a lot of people do believe he will be in uniform and will play in week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's right. Adrian Peterson, off an ACL injury late last season, will be playing the season opener, according to a lot of people, a lot of sources inside the organization that uh, aren't necessarily the actual coach (laughs) or anything. But uh, he expects to play in that game. The coaches, he says that's all up to the coaches. We'll see how things go there with old AP. Toby Gerhardt will be the starting running back going into week one, though. Uh, He came off an MCL tear, but luckily completely 110% healed, ready to rock and roll. Toby Gerhardt did uh, impress quite a bit last season when Adrian Peterson was out. His first, uh, when he had to replace Peterson with the ankle injury, he was pretty crappy. But later on, was it yeah the second week that he replaced Peterson from the ankle injury, the ankle injury that ultimately led to the knee injury because Peterson was not very mobile and got killed and lost his knee. But uh, yeah, Joey Gerhardt, very impressive last year, though. After his first start, his second start on, Toby Gerhardt, extremely impressive. And, uh, well, it gives us, at minimum, gives us depth at the running back position. He had almost 600 yards and five touchdowns total, receiving and running last year. Not bad. I believe Lex, Lex Hilliard will be the third uh, running back for the Vikings this year. Uh, some people like Jordan Todman. He played with the uh, San, San Diego Chargers. He's only 22 years old. He played with San Diego last year. We'll see what happens. I like the number 29. Reminds me of old Chester Taylor. We'll see what happens. But I kind of think it's going to be Lex Hillier just on uh, credibility alone. Derek Coleman. No, not the, New Jer- the former New Jersey Nets power forward back in about 1990. <laughs> but uh, former UCLA Bruin, age 21. We'll see. Uh, unlikely, but you never know. Crazier stuff happens. Uh, I remember Caleb King was actually a uh, member of things that he ended up losing his job because he was, uh, I believe it was drunk driving. I forget what happened, but he got arrested for something earlier in the year. Didn't do notes on it. I don't really do notes on fourth-string running backs that get arrested very much. So apologize for that. Lots of other stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Lex Hilliard for me is probably going to get it. Um, special teams and all that. Play uh, 28 years old already, though. We'll see where things go from there. He could be kept. He could be cut. Who knows? And a lot of people probably don't really care too much, but I could see him being a special teams guy for the Vikings, as he was with Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Well, now we move on to tight end. We're going to stay wide receiver for last. Tight end, John Carlson is mentioned out at least two weeks with a, uh, with a knee injury, a sprain of the MCL. Sprain of the MCL. John Carlson, former Seattle Seahawk, missed all of last season. Uh, of course, Schwartz missed all of last season as well, by the way. That's the other guy I mentioned a while ago, the right tackle, right guard, all that good stuff, that guy. Yep. Both of them missed all of last season. But yeah, John Carlson will not be playing for now. So hopefully he'll be ready by the season opener, maybe by the second game against the vaunted. Oh, they're so good. The lucky Indianapolis Colts with their horseshoe. And their quarterback, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Alan Reisner, a guy who was kind of in and out of the roster last year, he's kind of a dark horse to make the roster as well as Mickey Schuler. Both of those guys are dark horses. They're most likely fighting for one spot. 
Kyle Rudolph looked on as the franchise tight end for the Minnesota Vikings long-term out of Notre Dame. Number 82, Kyle Rudolph, the franchise tight end, according to a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, and a lot of teams are using the two tight, the two good tight end approach. Vikings is trying to do that with John Carlson and Kyle Rudolph. We'll see where things go there. Oh, and by the way, the guy who's been tearing up all of training camp, and a lot of us, I mean, I kind of expected it to happen, because you, you can just tell the guys, you know, the guy is a the guy is a gamer and he rocks. Red Ellison, obviously the rookie, fourth round pick, out of USC, fourth round pick, the replacement for and I think an upgrade, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I just said it, an upgrade because I think he's a bigger weapon on the offensive side of the ball, but he also can block the living bleep out of people. Red Ellison, number forty. Love him. Love him. And like the most boring cliche of all time, he's a football player. And he absolutely is a football player because he can catch, he can block, he can kind of do it all. He's a factor. He's an absolute factor. One of the steals of the draft, a lot of people at the time look at it as the biggest reach ever, and then he's just kind of a, oh gosh, big deal. This is the guy you could have gotten in the 6th, 7th round. Eh, all, all he's going to be is just kind of a guy who blocks and stuff. No, he's going to be a factor. He's going to be a big-time factor, I think, for the Minnesota Vikings going forward. And you know what? Everybody loves him. Everybody that's seen him play loves Rhett Ellison. And uh, very, very cool. Uh, he's going to make the he's going to make uh, Rick Spielman look pretty good. He, he he definitely is. Hopefully, guys, hopefully the wide receivers <laughs> can do the same as we move on to the final position to discuss. Oh yeah. He did save the best for last. As mentioned earlier, ad nauseum, Greg Childs out for the year big time, and I mean majorly out for the year with two patella tendon injury. I, I don't even know how that could be possible, but it happened. Yeah, just unbelievable. Down in a heap, and that was it. Down in a heap, and he did weep. Yes, he did. Emmanuel Arsenault. From Alcorn State. Oh, yeah. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Number 16, the special teams guy in and out and kind of an active, inactive guy here and there. Kind of a random throw in. He caught one little pass last year. A major dark horse to make the team. But as we always like to say, time and time again, you never know. But again, yeah, very unlikely. At best, maybe he'd be some type of kick returner. Steven Burden, he was, eh, he was okay. No, uh, he was okay here and there. He was a draft pick, seventh round pick last year for the Vikings. He caught two passes, so there you go. He <laughs> two passes against the Denver Broncos in a very exciting game last year. 32-35-32 loss to the Broncos. <sighs> Burden, a dark horse, but I think. Especially with Greg Childs being out, I think there's a place for him, actually, believe it or not. It's just, he was an okay special teams guy. I kind of almost say, why not? Michael Jenkins, the veteran and the, the veteran of the group, ninth year in the league out of, out of the Ohio State. Unfortunately, though, missed significant time with injury last year. That was costly and painful for the Vikings. And how dare he wear that number? I mean, how dare he wear number 84? It's just sad. But <laughs> he can play in this league, but eh, this might be his last year in the league. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this is about it. 
He's going to have to play better than he did last year. He was a factor at times, and he was a complete non-factor at times. And obviously he's going to make the team, uh, i got to think. Though you never know, sometimes they get rid of the old guy. Though on a team with almost no old guys, you kind of need to keep you need to keep some. Percy Harvin, obviously the, the franchise receiver at this point in time, a slot receiver that you can't miss, a can't miss slot receiver. Overall, the overall uh, star of the wide receivers. Almost 1,000 yards last year, but I mean, and with such poor quarterback play, you know, with the likes of McCrap, you know, Donovan Mc, McNugget. <laughs> you know, he was just terrible. He, he really was. But still, for Percy Harvin to put up what he did, almost 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, and of course special teams like stud when he, when he is put on special teams. Obviously, you're going to try to protect him as much as you can. Have him on more on the field in the real, real action and off during special teams just because, you, you know, he's that franchise receiver right now, at least currently. <laughs> and Jerome Simpson, a guy everybody's excited about, is going to miss the first three games, as mentioned a kajillion times. Talent up the yin-yang, but let's, well, maybe not talent up the yin-yang, speed up the yin-yang. Obviously, very, but he is very talented. Let's just hope he's not the next Kadri Ishmael, because he does drop passes. Yes, he does. Kadri Ishmael, the fastest guy ever but drop passes. And boy, did he drop a lot of passes, did Kadri Ishmael. I hope and pray that Jerome Simpson is not that type of player. And yes, I do know who Kadri Ishmael is, and yes, I watched him play the whole time he was on the Vikings. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm that old. This is my 20th season covering the Minnesota Vikings. I started watching in 92, or not covering, 20th season watching the Vikings, 5th season covering uh, actually, sixth season covering because I did cover them on YouTube in 2007. Sixth season covering. That's right. Thank you very, very freaking much. Fifth season of Purple Mafia, though. Um, Paladino Live was uh, YouTube. Yep. YouTube.com forward slash Paladin Joe. But that's another story. See some old videos if you want. <laughs> Jerome Simpson, number 81. Is he the next? Uh, yeah, is he? Is he the next AC? Is he the next Anthony Carter? Yeah, nah, he's taller than him. Different player. <laughs> Maybe Jarius Wright. Yep. Jarius Wright, absolutely. Yeah, if he did, yeah, I mean, Jarius Wright, hopefully he'll be a factor. Uh, he was awesome in college. He was absolutely awesome in college. Will it translate to the NFL? We'll see. Not, not hearing that much about him in, in training camp. Of course, you weren't hearing much about Greg Childs either. You really weren't hearing much about either one. Hopefully it's not bust and bust. <laughs> bust, steal, bust when it comes to the fourth round. You got Jarius, you got Ellis, you got Jarius Wright, Ellison, uh, Red Ellison, and then Greg Childs. Back, back, back to back to back to back in the fourth round. We'll see. Hopefully it's not bust, steal, bust. Hopefully it's steal, steal, and steal. Yeah, right. I don't know about that. <laughs> How about just good pick, steal, and and uh, eventual steal with Greg Giles. We'll see. Wishful thinking, probably. You got A.J. Love, baby, out of South Florida. A.J. Love just got him, man. He's wearing number 87, just like Mike Tice used to wear long ago in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, yeah. A.J. Love. Nah, he's just here to be here right now. Kerry Taylor, he's uh, he's another one of those little, he's one another one of those off-season uh or excuse me, uh, what do they call those? Training camp steam guys were up. He's playing really good right now. 
But will we know who the hell he is three weeks from now? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. We'll see where that leads. Nobody really knows. Brian Walters, another guy who's okay out of Cornell. Played with the San Diego Chargers last year. And another guy that caught three passes. Woohoo. Well, it's one, two, three. There you go. The burdens and the hearts, <coughs> you know. Oh, and who can forget Devin Aroma Shadu, the guy who really did resemble a Cadre Ishmael last year. A guy with a lot of speed. A guy who could be extremely explosive, but a guy that drops a lot of passes. He had nearly 500 yards, but only one touchdown, and he could have easily had about six or seven last year. Easily, had he not dropped passes, because he broke loose big time. He's got the explosiveness to break loose, blow by people and get open, but then he didn't catch the ball, or the quarterback play sucked so hard that the ball was not put in the right position. So it was a combination of things with Devin Aroma Shadu, who absolutely deserves to be back on this team. I was actually very happy to hear that they re-signed him. Well, he doesn't deserve to be on the team because he's so good, but he's a guy I, at minimum, would like to take a flyer on, see if uh, see if we can get it right this time. Because I think he's the kind of guy, if he could get it right, he's going to put up some nice numbers, man. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna put up at least Jerome Simpson type stuff like like last year's Jerome Simpson. Hopefully, this year's Jerome Simpson is better than last year's. We'll see what happens. Ah, that's the sad part. It's like we're we're kind of hoping for somebody to blow up that hasn't blown up. That's the one thing with Jerome Simpson and Devin Aroma should do isn't necessarily a guy you want to you're hoping he'll blow up, but he's he's like a weapon here and there. He's a guy I thought was. Uh, could it could have been the number two receiver on this team, but when you don't catch the ball, it's kind of like a running back that doesn't hang on to the ball. It's the same thing. You can have all the explos- explosivity in the world, but if you can't hang on to the ball or you can't catch the ball, whatever, man. You know, it's like a pitcher that's got all this stuff, but he can't throw strikes. Well, I almost said something. Well, bleep it, you know. Well, bleep it. I mean, maybe they can't play. You got all this skill, but you can't even throw strikes. What the hell, man? <laughs> it's 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 like that. It it really is. It really is. You know, you got all these crossover dribbles, and you can't put the ball in the basket. Come on, man, put the ball in. Seriously, score once in a while. You know, stuff like that. Okay, enough of the uh, comparisons. <sighs> With that said, though, I think the Minnesota Vikings. I think this year is going to be similar to two thousand seven. That's right, two thousand seven. I think this team has, uh, and, I'll, and I'll talk about this again, I'll rehash it again later when it's the official season preview, when we'll talk about the NFC Central and all that good stuff. That's uh, probably not going to be the next show. That'll probably be actually, yeah, like nearing September in a few weeks. Who knows, maybe the next show will be then. I don't know. I mean, I hope I can get on here more than that, talk about some of the preseason action, you know, some of these battles that I'm talking about right now. Oh, how could I forget about Andrew Sandro? Yeah, he was he was okay with the Vikings. Played a little bit last year at <laughs> safety, but anyhow, yeah, I didn't even mention him. Eh, we'll see. If he makes the team, he'll be inactive like every week. <laughs> so whatever. Uh, what was I leading to? Yeah, the Vikings. Uh, yeah, of course the Vikings. Yeah, you think, but no, they're going to be similar to 2007 in my opinion. They're going to show flashes, and they're going to win some games this year. They're not going to win a lot of games, though. They're going to win some games. They're going to win a lot, significantly more than last year. They're going to be a factor. Uh, you're going to see signs of 
you're going to see signs of what can be. What can be. Just like we saw in 2007. Signs of what could be. The team's improvement. Um, will uh, Leslie Frazier will keep his job, in my opinion, at this point in time. I was actually going to save that for the preview, but I'll just say it now for the time being, and I'll say it probably again on the preview. With that said, I think Leslie Frazier keeps his job. I think the Vikings go 7-9 and nine right now. That's my that's my prediction right now. I, can, I may change it, and that's why I'm saving it. I'll probably... I might even bring it up every show. But as of right now, I think the Vikings go 7-9. and nine. They do not make the playoffs, but they are in the hunt uh, for a while. They're in the hunt at least into November or so. Unfortunately, we'll be disappointed for those of us out there that thought they were going to like sneak into the postseason. No, I don't think so. I think the division and the conference is too good. And I think the team is just too young and not ready. I think they're just not ready, which is bad news for the likes of Adrian Peterson, who we'll see what happens. But the guy is obviously a freak. The guy is a guy. The guy is, uh, yeah, he recovered very quickly. He's he's young, but he's not as young as he was. But to see him recover like the way he has, it's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, he's recovering like a 22-year-old when he's actually about 27 already, which is kind of sad when you think about that. But, uh, yeah, clearly this is going to be an improved team. We're going to see uh, signs of what could be. Yes. So possibly 2013, the Vikings 10 and 6 and beyond, maybe maybe even better postseason. Well, I think we could be working towards that direction. Yeah, 10 and 6 and up. <laughs> it's going to be all hinge on Greg Childs. No, it's going to hinge on everything, but especially the likes of Christian Ponder and Adrian Peterson, and of course the the Simpsons and uh, and Percy Harvins, and you hope that some of the guys in defense can develop as well. A lot of it also depends on, yeah, I mean, a lot of these draft picks need to, the draft picks need to pan out. Like, not all of them, but a lot of them. And we need another good draft, another good draft. We're another draft or two away from really being able to say, you know what, this team is really stacked, ready to rock and roll. We're the next Green Bay Packers, baby. We're a couple drafts away. But this first draft will set the foundation in a big way. Set the foundation for the future of the franchise for the next three to five years, and uh, we'll see where things go here. As of right now, I'm optimistic. It's going to be a fun team to watch, but if you're expecting playoffs this year, yeah, I'd say slow down a little bit. If they're eight and two, <laughs> okay, yeah, they better make the playoffs because if you go from eight and two to eight and eight, boy, you suck. <laughs> boy, well, maybe not suck, but boy, you really, really teased us. You know, and that's not cool. That's that's where you'd suck for teasing us. <laughs> that's about it right there. That's about sums it up. It's been a, but no, it's been a lot of fun talking about this stuff. It's uh, it's, a, it's exciting. It's nice to have football back. It's nice to finally talk about it. It's nice to have a uh, nice to have a good microphone again rather than a mediocre one. Hopefully, it does sound better. Hopefully, you notice an improvement. Sometimes you just don't. Sometimes there's just too much background crappy noise in here. <laughs> and I apologize for it at times. But um, thank you for, hey, thank you for being a part of things. Thank you all for your listenership. I appreciate it, those of you out there. And don't be afraid to introduce yourself to me on Twitter, on Facebook, and, of course, on the sportsstuff.com message boards. Do And, of course, the phone lines as well. We'll get to all that now. Um, 
sportsstuff.com forward slash boards. The sportsstuff.com forward slash boards. Do go to go to that. Get a screen name. Sign in. Sign in. Uh, screen name. Yeah. Do register your screen name. Talk to uh, talk to those of us out there that uh, in the football forums. They're split in divisions. You could talk about all the teams in the NFC Central. You could go to other divisions, obviously. Talk about the Eagles. Talk about the Chargers. Who who knows? Who cares? Right? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll 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 see what happens. We'll see what happens there. But uh, be great to have you on board those web page, uh, those forums. Excuse me, boy, I'm getting a little tired here. I don't know why, but it would be spectacular to have you on board those pages. It would facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show and then at purple mafia show in the Twitter account as well. Like and or follow those respective accounts. Would love that also very much. And again, like I said, introduce yourself. If you haven't yet and you've been listening maybe for five years, for two years, one year, six months, whatever, first show, introduce yourself. Don't be shy. I'm here. I'm your buddy. No, I'm not your well, you don't know me yet, but I mean I'll be, I mean, I'm friendly, I'm a gentle guy, I have nothing, nothing harsh to say, I'm not too cool for anybody, I'm not too cool for anybody, I'll never be like that, I don't care if I'm rich, poor, broke, or anything, and I'm certainly not rich, (laughs) I'll leave it at that, not even close, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, those of you out there, I'll never be too cool for you, don't be too cool for me though, huh, talk to me. Don't don't be too cool for me. Talk to me. That'd be terrific. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling in for, which is, of course, Purple Mafia. Statement, shout-out, question, comment, opine. Terrific. Your voice is mine. Opine, your voice is mine. Hey, there you go. Love to have you on board, Todd. I, I would. If you could also, if you like the show, you've been a fan of it for a long time, there's a couple ways you could help by rating me on iTunes. Give it a nice rating. Say what you like. Maybe say what you'd like to be improved as well. You're Nothing wrong with that at all. You don't have to give me five stars. You could give me three or four. <laughs> if it's not a five-star show, which in, in your mind, which is, of course, 110% your opinion. And you know what? A four-star rating isn't going to make me upset at all. Or is a three-star rating. Hey man, I'd rather you be honest than just uh, blind, uh, blindly follow, saying, "Oh, Joey, you're so good." When, eh, you know, <laughs> I do my best. I'm not gonna come up here and say I'm the best ever. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to get better and better and better, better and better and better every show, every single show. That's why I listen back to shows to see what I can improve on. I mean, I'm, I'm my biggest critic. I like to always be on here. But, of course, I don't believe it's a one-star show either. I think those people that in the long about five years ago that put that on there are ignorant, and they just want to sabotage because that's just how they roll. They just... Mm. People these days, it's it's, too bla- it's black and white, and that's what the media is. You're either five or one, I guess. <laughs> so, mm, yeah, whatever, right? Thank you again for listening, though. Thank you always. And, of course, I'm not too cool. Why would I ever even... Why would I ever even think that, you know? Of course, I'm not too cool to talk to anybody. I'll never be. I'll, you know, talk to me anytime you want. Post on those Facebook pages or Twitter, whatever. would be cool. I'm going to interact with all of you. I will. If there's ever way too many and I can't, I apologize. But right now, I can't say there's too many. 
No. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Thank you again, and we'll be back hopefully sooner than later. Go Vikings. Go Vikings.